0: This is the Humerian Health Podcast.
1: Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. So we're here at the Humerian Health Podcast today with Dr. Sean Bensinger and myself, Amy Baker, and we are joined by special guest, Mira Patricia Kerr, and she is the author of a couple of books, one called Big Yoga and one called Big Yoga for Less Stress. Um, Mira, we are so happy to have you join us on our podcast.
2: Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Very
1: good. So um, first of all, I'm just going to go on the record and say I love yoga, (laughs) <laughs> I'm not very good at it uh, but I'm I'm a recent yoga person I've started in the last year or so so I'm really interested to learn Mira more about your background and how you found yoga
2: oh golly it was a long time ago uh, it was the 60s and I was in music school at the time and a friend of mine and I had seen a book on yoga with the poses and it Seemed kind of weird, but uh, I was very curious. I had read a book about reincarnation by Jeff Stern, who um, wrote books about Edgar Casey, who was the Sleeping Prophet. Mm-hmm. And in Edgar Casey's readings, even though he was a Christian and was completely appalled by what came through in these readings that he would do when he was sort of in a unconscious state, mm-hmm. um, he. After years and years of these readings, which they recorded, um, he had a secretary write down everything that he was saying, uh, and he would read back the transcripts afterwards, and he'd be like, well, I don't believe any of this stuff. (laughs) He'd talk about reincarnation, and talk about the use of gems in healing, and and he talked about yoga, and that was what really got me interested. So when I saw this book on yoga, my friend and I said, we've got to find a yoga teacher. <laughs> and so we found she was working at the University of Chicago and knew somebody there who was Indian. And the Indian woman said, oh, I know yoga. I can teach you yoga. So we went over to her house, wow. and she demonstrated several of the basic poses. And we practiced with her for a little while. And then ultimately I found a studio in Chicago. I was living in Chicago. And uh, there was a studio down in the Loop, uh, the Kriya Yoga People, and, which is sort of an offshoot of Paramahansa Yogananda's yoga. And we, I studied there for a while, and then I got out of Chicago, moved to uh, New York and Connecticut, formed an all-girl band, and <laughs> um, got friendly with the local health food store owner. And we were chatting with him, the girls in the band and I, saying, well, is there a yoga place around here? We want to we want to get high. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So our, our main goal at that point was to, to kind of get the same high that we were getting otherwise, naturally. And uh, so, yes, we found a yoga studio in Danbury, Connecticut, and we started going regularly and fell in love with the practice. And that was probably 1973 by then. Hmm, And a few years later, I took a silent retreat with the Swami Satchitananda organization called Integral Yoga. And at the retreat, I got my, what they call the mantra, directly from Swami Satchitananda himself. It was the last time he gave mantra initiation. So I was completely hooked. And a couple of years after that, 1975, I decided to take a teacher training and become a teacher. So this year is the 40th anniversary of me having uh, been teaching yoga.
1: Wow, that is fantastic.
0: You have seen major <laughs> changes in yoga since you've been doing it in the late 60s, 70s, haven't you?
1: Absolutely. Yes, back in the
2: day, uh, the poses were... Mainly just the basic poses.
0: Sure.
2: The integral yoga teacher training that I took had, uh, oh, maybe 20 basic poses. And now the poses they're doing are so challenging arm balances. And uh, of course, we were doing headstands and shoulder stands, which, you know, those are pretty challenging. But I, I never heard of arm balances mm-hmm. until just in the last several years. Gotcha. And of course, now I'm 71. I'm not doing arm
0: balances. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 58, and I've never done arm balances, so we don't have to worry about that.
1: I've tried. It's not. It's <laughs> no. not pretty.
0: It, it just <laughs> looks painful. That's all.
1: Uh, cool. Well, so um, we have the advantage, uh, unlike our listeners, of having your books in front of us. And so, when we we're talking about big yoga, it is, I would say, yoga for. Average size person, <laughs> as opposed to maybe some of the folks that you might see in a yoga studio, um, and so I guess I'm curious too about um, the the impetus behind the book Big Yoga um, about your thoughts on just body size in yoga. Is yoga kind of for everyone? Um, kind of talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Well, I when I was I was always a little um, shall we say <laughs> Um, I was never a skinny mini the way so many yogis are. People that you see you know, doing yoga now today are just like, well, they're athletes. They're not just yoga people. They're they're professional athletes who do yoga uh, several hours a day. But in the old days, um, when I was younger, I I was never a skinny mini, and then, but I was always very flexible, and I always felt really good about my practice. I never felt any body shaming because uh, I wasn't that big. But then I went through menopause <laughs> and wow. with the changes in menopause I just put on quite a lot of weight. I couldn't seem to keep my weight down and so I finally just kind of gave in and I thought, well, this is the body I'm in now. You know, your body changes so much. Uh I'd already been pregnant a few times and and you know, we- gained and lost and fat and slender and up and down. So, um so when I went through menopause I started adapting my own practice from what I'd been comfortable doing when I was more slender to you know making room for the extra weight. And as I was adapting my own practice I realized that that I was onto something that there are a lot of people who could benefit from adapted poses. So I started kind of notating what What do I do instead of a regular forward bend, which can be a little bit intimidating if you have a belly, how can I adapt that pose so that I'm still comfortable? Because if you're not comfortable in a yoga pose, and this is a really important point, when you start to stress out in a yoga pose, it completely ruins the effect of the pose. The whole point of yoga is to be relaxed. And the minute you start introducing stress into your practice, you're you're not going to get the benefits.
0: Mm. I think that's so, brilliant. I think that's a brilliant that sense, point yeah. of view because I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people don't go to the gym because they're overweight. Uh, a lot of people don't try yoga because they think it's for these skinny minis that can do crazy poses and and um, it, knowing that you can adapt those poses, which I've had to do any time I've ever tried yoga because I have the flexibility of a cow, um, <laughs> uh, I just do. Um, it was funny because when I was going to school, of course, they had to take x-rays. And they, I remember they put up mine uh, right in front of the whole class. They says, "You Benzinger, you have like cow bones. Where, where'd you get these monsters? I mean, they're just big. And uh, flexibility was never my thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So... I, so i have just naturally adapted any poses i've tried to do just cuz i i can't i can't comfortably do those and and here's what's interesting i think a lot of people in fact i know this from my patients a lot of people expect yoga poses to be painful and uncomfortable and somehow they're just supposed to breathe through them and you're kind of fulfilling a different View of this of hey, if you are uncomfortable, you already are defeating some of the purpose of that pose. Uh, am I saying that correctly?
2: Absolutely, because the whole point of yoga is to turn on the relaxation response, the rest and digest. And if you're stressing out in a pose, I mean, you can go to your edge, and and but what I like to say is, you want to be in that sweet spot between the effort and the ease, mm. yeah. where you're getting the benefit of the pose, but you're not going so far that you're exceeding your
1: comfort zone. Gotcha. Cool. Well, so talk to us then a little bit about just how yoga can benefit people that maybe have a larger frame on their, you know, on their body. Um, I know you talked about the the rest, sort of in the relaxation piece of it, but like, what are what are the benefits that folks might see if they would be willing to to give yoga a try? Oh,
2: there's the. It, Fixes everything, <laughs> is my point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, it lowers your heart rate. It can lower your heart rate overall. It can. Uh, it increases your pulmonary function. I'm actually working on a book now, and I'm still in the research stage because I actually it's a kind of a new topic for me. Yoga for people with breathing challenges. Mm, um, interesting. And yoga is really, really Makes good sense. for that because. The so lungs, what I'm finding out, um, have quite a bit of redundancy. You have a lot of alveoli and that aren't even being used. So people with lung challenges, people with asthma, COPD, if they learn some of the yoga breathing techniques, they can increase their lung function um, mm. over time.
0: That makes sense. So yeah, that's
2: really key. Um, some other benefits. Well, the, the stress response is the... The main number one problem today, I think, with people is that our society, our culture, our government, everything is just freaking us out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, at times are weird. <laughs> <laughs> and so you want to be able to go to that quiet place inside where the peace and calm is always there. Mm-hmm. And yoga can really help with that. Um, it helps stabilize your weight. Uh, if you're a person who struggles with weight, it can help you find your your basic weight. People who are too skinny, who have a problem keeping weight on, can also find benefit in yoga. And that it will help them stabilize their weight at, at a weight that's appropriate for their body. Because mm-hmm. we're all different. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's fun about life, is that we are all different. And we have so many different ways of approaching Uh, our physicality. Uh, For people who are diabetic, it can help stabilize the blood sugar and lower the need for uh, insulin. That's another really key thing that yoga can do. And obviously, the physicality of yoga helps with a better body composition, Mm -hmm. uh, better flexibility, uh, stronger muscles,
1: it does um. fix everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's getting there, isn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And for well, me,
2: one of my favorite uh, practices in yoga is the chanting. And not every yoga teacher would teach chanting, but I really believe in the chanting of the Sanskrit mantras. Hmm. Sanskrit is an ancient language that comes from India, and each letter in the alphabet has a physiological benefit that very subtle of course but then when you combine the letters of the Sanskrit alphabet it creates words that are very powerful tools for erasing negativity from the mind now Hmm. that may sound ridiculous but I really think it's true and I've noticed in my own life how when I first started doing yoga I was kind of (laughs) crabby I grew up in a family that I don't know I was just crabby and over the years, <laughs> doing chanting and doing yoga, I'm not so crabby anymore. I'm much more lighthearted. Um, you know, I'm always thinking instead of criticizing people, uh, I'm looking for the good in people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because these Sanskrit mantras like Hari Om, Hari Om moves your energy. If you so say ha, you say it from the belly. Mm -hmm. And then you can roll the R and you feel that energy rolling up into the higher parts of your body. And the vibration of the M humming pulls that energy right up out through the crown chakra. Mm -hmm. And if you repeat that over and over, it just helps to build energy and move energy up into the higher energy centers. So we have a little chant that we sing, Hari Om, Hari Om, Hari 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 Om, Hari Om, Hari Om, Hari om, hari, hari Om. And to me, that is just the best panacea for any kind of negativity in the mind. And if you're going, you know, sometimes we start obsessing about things and we just can't stop thinking about things that are kind of negative and bringing us down. Mm-hmm. So my teacher, Swami Tashin Ananda, would say, well, just shout it out, Hari Om, Hari Om, <laughs> and then gradually get a little quieter and a little quieter until you can just chant Hari Om just with your lips, without even any sound, and then gradually close the lips, hear it internally. And so this is another great benefit of yoga, the ability to bring the mind to a great point of focus.
1: Hmm. I like and that. And then you
2: can achieve anything.
1: <laughs> That's right. And you can't see it because we're obviously on the podcast and but we're both like sitting taller and breathing deeper now. It's awesome. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. So I'm curious, and this is, um, like I, I mentioned before, I've been doing yoga for a little over a year now, off and on, and I know there are different types of yoga or different yoga styles. Um, I don't know all the names of them and probably couldn't pronounce them if I did, but um, do you have certain <laughs> recommendations for types of yoga that might be better for folks that are a little larger?
2: Well, I grew up, studying Integral Yoga. Mm -hmm. Integral Yoga is the organization that uh, Swami Satchitananda created. And um, I think it's probably about 40... No, I think he was in this country about 50 years ago he came. And he started in New York. Peter Max actually was the person that brought him over. Peter Max, the artist. Mm -hmm. And they started just with a little group of people. And then people were hungry, hungry for spiritual wisdom. And sort of a, a different take on spirituality from maybe what their tradition was that they grew up with. And uh, so now I forgot what, where I was going with this. <laughs> no, that's okay. We well, were we just, could chant we, and get no, that right in I
0: center. Know, I, I am already actually <laughs> in my head. No, we'll we were right talking there.
1: about the types of yoga that um, might be better for folks.
2: Well, I would always recommend integral yoga before anything else because that's where I've taken all my training. But there are other uh what we call brand brands of yoga. Mm-hmm. There's Shivananda yoga, which I highly recommend because Shivananda was the teacher of Swami Sachidananda, who oh. is my teacher. Okay. And uh, he has a international organization as well he has a beautiful retreat site. I shouldn't say he, the, the organization, has a beautiful retreat site at Paradise Island in the Bahamas. Oh, wow. Where they give retreats and they give teacher trainings. And it's just a lovely place. I gave a, a workshop there a couple of years ago, and it's right on the ocean. It's complete bliss. And they offer teacher trainings every month. Oh, they wow. just kind of grind it out. Every month, a new batch of students comes in to learn how to teach yoga. Um, so those are my two favorites, but there are others. So Iyengar was instrumental in bringing props into yoga practice. Okay. And the props enable people to adapt their practice, so or adapt each pose, so that they get the maximum comfortability.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay.
0: And really, with people that have disabilities, like I've had five knee surgeries makes a big difference um, of being able to support you uh, in doing these types of things. Because a lot of times i avoided even considering yoga for a long period of time just simply because of my knees, because many of the poses had folded knees underneath your buttocks and all this. I I couldn't even consider such a thing. Plus, I'm old. Right. uh, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs)
1: You're not old.
0: But I will uh, will tell you one thing. When I got uh, the copy of your book and saw that Dean Ornish was – uh, was, uh, actually wrote your forward, I, I knew that he's talking to a quality person because Dr. Ornish is certainly one of the leaders in preventative medicine, has been for many, many years. Um, yes,
2: and yes, he's is, really, and he was a, uh, you may not know this, he was a student also of Swami Satchidananda. I did And not know he that. actually came to New York, or no, I, I met him, oh gosh, this was so long ago. Um, <laughs> my husband and I were living in New York, And my husband was also a devotee of Swami Satchidananda and actually wrote the first book of his teachings Hmm. called Beyond Words, um, which I think is a great book for anybody who wants to know a little bit about yoga philosophy, but not in a heavy-duty way, but in a very light-hearted way, because Swami Satchidananda would tell the most interesting stories and and very uh, parables like Jesus would would say, but sort of with an Indian flavor. But anyway, Dean Ornish was in the Connecticut ashram. This goes back into the 70s. He had come to give a talk about how he was thinking about starting this, these um, medical trials. And so he was talking about the trials that he was doing and what great success it looked like they were going to be having. And uh, it was very exciting. And, at the, and my ex-husband had um, been in the book business. And when he heard him talking about this, he ran up to him at the end of the talk, and he said, "You should write a book." <laughs> <laughs> and because we lived in New York, and that's where a lot of the publishers were, um, Lester, my ex-husband, said, "Come to New York. You can stay with us, and we'll, fi- we'll get- I'll get you a book deal." So hmm. Dean came to stay with us for a little while. He and his um, research assistant, and you know, we became friends and. Pretty soon he had a book deal and he used my husband's office to do do the writing. So he stayed with us and we became
0: great friends. Yep, yep. Great, great guy. I've interviewed him years ago on radio when I was doing live call in radio for twenty one years. So great guy, highly educated, good person. Good person. So um yoga for anybody, everybody, kids? Yep. Period. <laughs> it really <laughs> is, answer. isn't it?
2: Yeah, Yes, because that's what I loved about Integral Yoga. the The reason it's called Integral Yoga is that it integrates several different aspects. It appeals to all different types of people. You've got the physical postures, which is the asana practice, mm-hmm. but you also have meditation. Not everybody likes to do the physical postures, but they like to sit and meditate. Mm-hmm. So there's the meditation aspect, and I always have a little bit of meditation at the end of all my classes. There's the uh, pranayama practices, which are good for the breathing. Mm. And so there's other things called kriya yoga, which are uh, things that you can do to help clear toxins out of the body. There's jnana yoga, the study of your own mind. Mm. (laughs) And that's probably the most difficult yoga of all. (laughs)
1: I was going to say, that's a dark mind. and scary place. I would not want to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to use the mind, to analyze the mind. Wow, mm. that's pretty pretty tough. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'll say. And
2: there's another aspect of yoga called bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga is the yoga of devotion. And so there's all kinds of practices associated with that, chanting being one of them, mm. and also um, worship ceremonies called puja, And we're coming up to a really big uh, holiday uh, in the Indian tradition called Shiva Shiva, Lord Shiva is the the destroyer of ignorance, Ah. and he's a fierce fierce guy. (laughs) And so one night of the year, they devote to worshiping Lord Shiva, and they stay up all night long doing worship ceremonies, doing these pujas, where they offer flower petals, and they offer... Um, milk, and they offer ghee, which is clarified butter, and they pour it over the what they call the murti, which is a statue of Shiva, or it could just be a Shiva lingam, which is just a big stone, big round oblong stone. And they pour these elements over the stone, and, each, and you're reciting all these elaborate prayers. Oh, it's just a big deal. <laughs> and candles and incense, and, and then there's chanting, and then there's stories, and it—and that's what I love about the whole way the Indians uh, kind of worship. It's just so elaborate. It's just off the charts, um, and it, it's very dramatic and very messy.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. And I'll tell you what, if if I could take a class from you, I think my excitement level would go way up.
2: <laughs> yes. I'm does. just afraid
0: you'd get me in a position I could never get out of. No, I'm just
2: kidding. No, I would never do that.
0: <laughs> no, but well, you can I tell you're excited and you the... love this stuff and and you can tell you first of all, it's it's great to interview someone who didn't just write a book. Uh she wrote her heart and she wrote what she oh, loves. That's very and you can see it you can see it you can hear it uh that is uh, honestly for for amy and i it's a thrill to get to interview somebody that is writing this because they are trying to make difference make a difference in people's lives and they're doing it from the right standpoint and they love what they do and it it just comes through and and we want to like usually podcast end too too quick but Let me tell you, we just really appreciate hearing your heart in this. I mean, it comes through, it's clear, uh, and our listeners are going to love this program.
1: Yeah, I'm inspired to do more research on the different kinds of yoga. Absolutely. I I would have never thought of
0: such things, but I'm telling you, great, great books. Uh, We're certainly going to promote them. And now, where do they get these books? Where can they pick them up?
2: You can get them at Borders, or they can always go to my website, bigyogaonline.com. And order them directly from me
0: great oh, okay great
2: and it's on you know they're on Amazon mm-hmm. um if you type in Big Yoga, you probably can find okay uh,
0: okay fine. well we'll we'll send them to your site first yeah we understand okay. That's yeah. Always we really good. do understand <laughs> yeah
2: I'd yeah. rather make the money than than give it to Amazon absolutely <laughs> sure. they don't
0: need any more we just need to stop no, sending don't. them to them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Miss Kerr, thank you so much for being on. Uh, we we just really appreciate it. Uh, we'll look forward to oh, if you write you any other books or anything on. else. Uh, please let us know. And just uh, know that you're welcome on the program anytime.
2: Well, when the new book is finished, I'll give you a buzz. That we will look
0: great. forward to that. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank
1: you. Bye. Bye.
0: Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger.
1: Humerian Health Podcast.
0: Spilling our guts.
1: For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheckhumarian.com.